Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. Well, today we're talking about reset, by the way. And um, all of us can use a reset in our lives. And uh, I think it was kind of publicized on the news some years ago when Hillary Clinton brought this, had this make, this built plastic model of a big red button and presented it to the prime minister of uh, Russia at that time to reset or to improve uh, uh, the Rus- relations with Russia. However, <clears throat> um, it kind of was embarrassing to the United States and didn't work. And by the word, by the way, the word that was translated into Russia that was supposed to be reset actually was the word overcharged. <laughs> so, reset button. The definition of reset is to set back to original state, to renew, to refresh. We've known a situation, you know, how many times have we looked at uh, maybe uh, different electrical equipment uh, um, some of the media equipment, televisions, something goes wrong. It's not functioning properly. You can't get anything to work out. So you try everything you know, try you read instructions and everything, and then finally somebody just says, unplug it and plug it back in. And we do it, and amazingly, sometimes we plug it back into the power source and it's been reset. It goes back to functioning properly. Now, we've seen all kinds of reset buttons. You've got a particular piece of mechanical equipment there and it's operating, running, and it quits. And you look around and usually somewhere you'll find a little button to push and when you push it, it begins to operate again. It resets. Now, you know God has a reset button that we see even in redemption itself. Jesus is a reset button. Understand that God created man's ultimate intention, to fellowship with God, to experience his goodness, to rule and take dominion in this earth, living without sin, living in perfect harmony and communion with God the creator. But because of the sin and rebellion of man, the curse came, death came, separation came. And it was always in the plan and the mercy of God that there was a provision for a reset. And that reset came through Jesus Christ who gave his life on the cross for me and you and he resets us when we believe on him, have faith in him. We are reset, forgiven, and put back to where we were intended to be in relationship with God. God will fulfill his ultimate intention. Uh, Paul kind of gives us a clue about this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9. The Amplified Bible says, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. New Living Translation says, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. Reset. Restore. The message, paraphrase, we don't use a study Bible, but the paraphrase puts it rather interesting. It says, He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him 
everything in deepest heaven, everything in planet earth. Through Jesus Christ, there is the reset. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, reborn, renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You know, when you think about reset and you look in the Bible, there's a lot of, of examples where God just turns someone's direction, changed their life. And oftentimes we see this idea of reset when God changed people's names. And we see a lot of name changing in the scripture. God changed some people's names. People changed other people's names. But when you look in the scripture, it's interesting that we find in, in Genesis uh, chapter uh, 17, I believe, that God is speaking to Abraham and he changes his name to Abraham. And Abram means great or high father. Abraham means the father of multitudes. And it was going to be through Abraham that the nations of the world would be blessed, that Israel would come, that multitudes would come, the nation of Israel. And so imagine how it was when God says, well, you're now Abraham. It was a, it was a type of reset, shifting going toward his original purpose, God's purpose in him. And I think about it that every time Abraham heard his name, every time he said his name, he was reminded, he was reminded that God says, you are a father of multitudes, but I have no children. You are a father of multitudes. And that's the beautiful thing about God is that God is a God of faith and God works in the supernatural and God saw what was going to come about through Abraham and Abraham got a picture of that every time he's heard his name. I'm going to be a father of multitude. I'm going to have many children. I'm going to have thousands of offspring, uh, children, grandchildren, and down through the generations. Change, reset in his life. Then, of course, there was uh, Jacob, Jacob. Uh, Esau and Jacob that were being born, Isaac, birth was being given to those two boys. And Esau, they're twins. Esau comes out first and, and there comes uh, Jacob that's grabbing hold of his heel as they are delivered. And Jacob means supplanter or grasp the heel of is how he got his name. And it's kind of an idea of he's always using people, manipulating people. So he was Jacob the manipulator. And you see that all the way. Uh, you see it so often in his life. He schemed. He devised plans that were not always honest. But then there came a time when he wrestled with the man, the Old Testament says. He wrestled with uh, the angel of God. He wrestled with God himself as is inferred in the scripture here. He wrestled with the son of God. And during this wrestling with the angel of the Lord, uh, this was during the evening. It's wrestled all night. And the, the way the scripture describes it is at the morning, the angel says, release me, release me. And Jacob says, I will not let you go until you bless me. And his name was changed to Israel. And Israel means the one that prevails with God, the one who walks in God's power. So he had a reset from being a manipulator, a person who used people, who tried to do everything in his own strength and might, to becoming one 
that had wrestled with God, had an encounter with God, and now he was one who could walk in the power of God. He was reset. His life was reset. Jesus was talking to one of his disciples and talking to Simon. He said, Simon, you're Peter. Petros in the Greek. You're, you're, you're Peter. And so Peter means rock. Petros, rock. And understand that Jesus spoke that to him after, after uh, Simon Peter had made the confession that Jesus, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, you know, it's, it's, you, that's been revealed to you by the Spirit. The fact that Jesus is the very Son of God, the Messiah. And, and he says, Peter, you're the rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. Upon that profession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, I will build my church. Now think about it. Peter was the impulsive one. He was the one that was always overreacting, doing something before he really thought it through. He was the one that would deny Christ. And yet when Jesus spoke to him, he was speaking of a reset in his life where he said, but you're the rock. And the church is going to be planted upon the word that you declare. And we see it in the book of Acts, beginning of the book of Acts. And the church is birthed and planted there and Peter is that rock who is strong, who is steadfast. It's interesting. Jesus already knew. He, always, he already knew that that's who Peter really was. He had that potential. God was working in his life. He knew that it was going to come about. I thank God that he sees in us not always where we are right now, but where he's going to take us and where we can be. Hallelujah for that. A reset in our lives. See, sometimes what happens with is things stop running as they should. They stop operating because there's a power disconnect. And when the power, for instance, the you take it in your home and you go to the, uh, your lights go off or some particular uh, kitchen appliance or something stops running and you wonder what in the world's going wrong. Well, one of the first things you'll do is you'll go to the, uh, in olden days we call it the fuse box, but it's the electric box. You don't use fuses anymore, but you use breakers. And so we go there and we open up and check the breakers and we see whether a breaker is thrown or flipped, is off. And so when you turn it back on, then power is restored. It's restored. Oftentimes the reason power is broken or disconnected is because there's too many other things on that line attached to it. That happens even in our lives, that we have too many things that we're burdened with, too many things we take on in our life, uh, too many other things that occupy so much time in our life and we load ourselves down and we throw a circuit, circuit breakers. Turns everything off in our life. Doesn't work properly. And so we need this reset. God needs to do something in us that says, look, you may have been weighed down. You may have been overcome with some things. 
You may have felt like you've drifted from the real power source and you're not really connected in your relationship with the Lord anymore. You're, things are not like they used to be. You don't really experience this, this presence, this power of God in your life. You don't see results of it. What I really need is, God, I need this supernatural. I need you to flip this breaker on in me. I, I need this restoration in my life. I want to be reconnected to the power source because without that power source, it just doesn't work. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. And as I mentioned a little earlier today, Jesus spoke and says when the, the demons cast out, they were having problems casting a demon out. And he says, this only goes out through prayer and fasting. So there had to be a, a connection to the power of God. You read stories down through church history of, of people who were teachers and preachers and, uh, and they were very effective. They were tremendous orators and speakers. They were very good administrators and, and could uh, run a, an operation, a corporation, a business, a church, quote unquote. And yet, and things went pretty well. It was fairly successful. But then they had an encounter with an almighty God and God did something in them that totally changed them on the inside. And they had the surge of power, the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. And when that happened to them, there, something happened to their preaching. Something happened in the atmosphere when people gathered. And there was something different because people were experiencing the very power of God. It's not primarily about information. It's about an encounter. It's about a revelation from God that you can receive. I think about that sometimes that, Lord, you know, when I was looking at this, looking at Scripture, I think, Lord, I need, I, need, I need a spiritual reset in my own life. I really need this. I need it. You see, because, because you need a new pastor. Now, I plan on hanging around for a while longer here, but you need a new pastor. I need, there needs to be a new me, a reset. My wife needs a new husband, but I intend on staying in that place too. But it needs to be a new me, new husband. We want a new church. And this is a tremendous body of believers. I'd rather be here than anywhere I know. Great group of folks that love the Lord and love people. But I can still see in this Sometimes they're at a disconnect and there's so much more God wants to do in us. And God, we need a, we need a new church. You, we need to make, make us new in who you've called us to be here. Reset. Lord, I need this reset. So first of all, I need to reconnect to the power source. Become weary and unproductive and try and do everything in your own strength. It just literally wears you out when it's much better to learn to do things God's way. Um, let me go to a couple of scriptures here, just point this out. These are very familiar passages, and, and we've talked about them several times, but they are just really neat, neat things from the Word that, that teaches so much to us, I think, from a spiritual standpoint. Uh, first of all, in Luke chapter 5, and you can go in your Bible, or I think some of the verses will be up on the screen. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 through 7, I'm in the New Living Translation. It says, uh, when he finished speaking, talking about Jesus... He said to Simon, Simon Peter, now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch, to catch some fish. 
master, focus on the word master. Peter, Simon Peter knew who was in charge. Master, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. Some of you fishermen can identify with that. He says, but he says, we, we fished all night. That's when you're supposed to fish around here, most productive. And we didn't catch a, a single thing. We're tired. We're worn out. We have been doing everything we could do, and we didn't catch anything. But he says, if you tell us to cast out our nets at your word, Lord, we'll let our nets down again. Sometimes when we've tried things over and over and over again, we're trying to overcome some things in our life. We're trying to reach certain places in our life where we need to be spiritually and even in our lifestyle. And we've worked and worked and worked and we're just not getting there. We need to remember that it's through his strength. We need to be willing, but he's the source. And when they did that, it says, this time, I like those two words, this time when they did it his way, this time when it was connected to the power, this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. They had to call out, shout out to the partners, to the other, to the other boat and say, come on and help us. And they filled both boats up there till they were both about to sink. He said, maybe it's time to quit doing it in my own strength and power and reconnect to the real power, the power of the Holy Spirit. This time I'll... I'll, I'll do it your way. Kind of like when you reset a broken bone. That's necessary in order for you to function and work properly. John chapter 21, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. He said to those disciples, he said, I'm going fishing. Well, I, I imagine he liked to fish, but fish wasn't just a hobby for him. It had been his entire livelihood. I mean, that's how he made his living. It's what he grew up doing. It's what generations before him did. And he said, I, I, this was after the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus they're up there at the Sea of Galilee, and, and Jesus has already told them, says, you need to go up there, and Jesus is going to meet them up there, but they're up there, and time is passing by, and so Peter finally just says, you know what, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, the other disciple says, you know, we'll go with you also. And they went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing, no thing. Verse 4, but when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples really didn't recognize him or know him, know it was Jesus, and in verse 5, then Jesus said to them, children, have you, have you any food or have you caught any fish? And Jesus said to them, cast your net on the right side of the boat. Now, these boats were not that wide. And we know fish sometimes can be in just very small uh, areas and places. You can move just a little bit and miss, miss it completely. But interesting here, Jesus was on the shore and they're out on the lake. And he says, if you'll just, where you are, if you'll just cast the net over on the other side... You'll find some. You'll catch some fish. So they cast it there, and they <clears throat> were not able to even uh, to pull up all the, the nets because of the multitude of fish. See, it's important when we connect to the power source to follow specific instructions that the Lord gives us. And if we'll do that, even if we're in our old routine sometimes, if we'll follow his instructions, we'll have a reset in our life. Do things the kingdom way. And we struggle so much sometimes to do things my way, your way, in our own physical strength, to do things the religious way, the traditional way. And God wants us to learn how to do things the kingdom way. Amen? Yeah. Boy, we need to know more about how the kingdom of God operates, even though we've talked about it an awful lot here. And that's something amazing and fascinating we find these very familiar words in Matthew chapter 11. 
where Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What a tremendous word. He says, Now you connect with me and you connect with the power. This thing is not going to be wearisome to you. It's not going to wear you out. It's not going to tear you up. It's going, you're going, you're going to have greater strength. There's going to be greater joy. You're going to have a sense of purpose. You're going to have a sense of accomplishment. You know, that's how, in whatever years I have left on earth, that's how I want to serve the Lord. I want to serve it with that mindset, and I want to serve it with that, that kind of experience in my life. In the message paraphrase, again, let me refer to that. It's only a paraphrase, but it's very, very interesting. And when we take these verses there from this paraphrase, it says, are you tired, worn out, burned out? You know, it kind of sounds like a commercial for some type of... Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? This is, Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace I won't lay anything heavily or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Reset, connect to the power source again. It's about him working through us. And we have the problem of spiritual sickness or sluggishness. People today experience spiritual block. I don't know where you have or not, but sometimes you're in these environments and things are happening and you're excited about the Lord and you're growing spiritually. And then you, you hit this area in your life for whatever, whatever has caused it or whatever brought it about, things are just not that exciting anymore. And you just don't, you don't sense his power, his presence like you once did. And, and you know that there's something missing and you just describe your, your, your spiritual life is kind of going around in circles and getting nowhere and kind of sluggish and tired. I, you know, anybody here that possibly could relate to that? It's kind of like, you know, your computer can get sluggish. You know, I, I rely on other people, other younger people, when it comes to computer information. And if I know someone who can do a particular thing with a computer, perform a certain operation on a computer that I know real well, and I love them and they love me, and I don't have to learn any of this stuff. <laughs> I do what I know how to do on it, and I'll say, hey, how do you do this? And they try to tell me, and I say, since I can't understand what they're saying, I say, now sometimes this can be like nine, 10 year olds, I'm six-year-olds, you know, that know how all this works. Now I'll say, why don't you just do it for me? Why don't you just do it for me? Computers, it's amazing when you think about what goes on in a computer and what it can do. Amazing. It's fascinating to a generation like mine who graduated from high school and from college and graduate school when computers did not exist in our lives. We 
got, things have changed so rapidly. I remember used to when we were in math classes in high school, college, you know, have certain things be so much easier to go to your, what you call it, your calculator. And, and so calculator, and a lot of teachers would say, put away your calculators, you can't use me. I learned how to do this. Put away your calculators because you're not always going to have your calculator with you. Little did they know. And when I was in high school and college, we heard of these computers that were room size that filled entire buildings. And now you can do what they did on your phone or on your laptop. It absolutely blows your mind. But even those, that wonderful invention, which can be misused certainly, that, um, <clears throat> the, the amazing technology of it, even that can have problems, can become sluggish and slow. And we're impatient people. We get used to a computer really operating, you know. How many of you remember the old dial thing on your computer? I mean, you get on something, and you could go, you could go watch a program on TV, or you could go out and mow the yard and come back in before it even came up. So, well, anyway, I, I reminisce enough. Uh, it's uh, computers can experience problems. I mean, they can crash. We say computer gets a virus. Now, when a computer gets a virus, it's, it's a bad thing. It's serious. And it can lock it down, destroy everything you've got in it. You know, medically, a, a, a virus is a parasite that infects a living organism. It's a microscopic um, infectious agent that replicates itself within the cells in your body in a living host, in the cell of your body. Then it will try to break free from that cell either by destroying it or it'll break away with a piece of that cell and spread that virus through the entire body. Now, I, I, you know, I'm not an expert in this field by any stretch, but you know, I understand antibiotics are not really too useful when it comes to viral infections on that. There are some medicines that are used there. Oftentimes, natural treatment, eating the right things and the right vitamins and things because what really happens, to help you overcome a virus, you have to build up your immune system. What's already inside of you needs to strengthen so that you can overcome that virus. There's a lot of things I'm saying about a computer that'll preach here, by the way, uh, as far as our lives are concerned. Uh, what kind of viruses can we get in our lives? Well, the thing about a virus is dangerous because a virus can infect you and you don't even know it. You may not even know it. And we have viruses that attack us in life like doubt, strife, fear, all these different things, different sins, habits, those things that we won't turn loose of, that we know just we, All those things have infiltrated into our life, and when they get there, we begin to slow down, become sluggish. We don't function properly, and then we need a reset. And the best way we can reset spiritually, first of all, is don't be a welcoming host. A, par a parasite of, of a, a, a virus has to have a host, some, something inside it can connect to receptive to. So we want to say, I'm not receptive. 
to the Bible. I'm not receptive to this sin. I'm not receptive to strife. I'm not receptive to fear. I'm not going to be open to this at all. And then how do we treat it? We strengthen our spiritual immune system by time in the word and time in prayer. We build up our faith and overcome that. We can find spiritual healing and restoration. Reconnect to the power source. Secondly, find spiritual healing and restoration when there may have been things that have infected your life. The first step in doing that is to acknowledge the problem and then repent of it. Lord, I recognize that I've allowed this in my life and I repent of it. As we mentioned before, I lay aside this thing that, 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 that has entrapped me, that ensnares me, and I'm going to run with endurance the race set before me, Hebrews 12, 2. And secondly, we receive forgiveness. Once we've confessed it and repented of it, we accept forgiveness and we allow the Lord to touch us and heal us, strengthen us on the inside, our spiritual man, and be made whole. Thirdly, we learn to guard our heart against those viruses. There are things you can do that will prevent these things from taking over and working in your life. So interesting that the writer of Proverbs says in Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. New Living Translation says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. We must learn to guard our heart so that the viruses cannot be allowed into us. That will slow us down, cause us to become sluggish. That can even shut you down spiritually. So very important. And last, just, you know, we just need to know that through the Lord, He's called us to a place where our power can be restored in our life. He wants to do a reset in our lives. And I don't know what that means to you. I don't know when you think about that, how you can apply it to your own life, what type of reset or refreshing you need in your own life. It's things that are out of order that need to come back into order. I don't know, but the Lord does. I don't know what's not functioning as it as the Lord intends in your life. I don't know what's really functioning well in your spiritual life, but the Lord does. And you probably do too. I'm just glad to be able to share with you today. You turn to him. He can reset that in your life. He can turn things around and he can restore it in your life. Joel 2.25 says, I'll restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. In other words, if this has happened to you and you feel like you've wasted time, wasted energy, you've tried things over and over and you just, you just never really felt like you walked in victory and experienced that power in your life on a consistent basis, I want you to know that the Lord has a way of restoring the time that's been wasted and restoring your life and bringing you back on course and renaming you perhaps in one sense of the word and putting you on course, resetting your life. God reset our heart. God reset our minds. God reset our lifestyle. Because you see, reset is restoring us according to God's original plan for our life. It's God putting our lives back into working order, following his plan. Heard someone say, don't hold on to your history at the expense of your destiny. Turn loose of these things and let the Lord reset your life and put it on the course to fulfill his will. I love this statement that says, you'll never get where you're going if you keep going where you've been. You'll never get where you're going if you keep going where you've been. I think it's time for some of us to say, Lord, 
That's history. Thank you, Lord, for it. I'll learn from it things. But, Lord, I don't want to return to those things in my life. I don't want to return to that place in my life. Father, right now, I want to go in a new direction. I want to go forward the way you've called me. This time I want to do it your way. This time I want to do it in your power, not in my own strength. This time I want to obey your instructions. This time I expect you to restore and reset my life. That's what I want. That's what I need. Anybody identify with that this morning?